I am a big admirer of, and I like to always bring you guys um, not only the licensing piece, but to share with you people that are turning the tides in social work. So I want to introduce to you Catherine Moore. So let me tell you a little bit about Catherine um, because she is a firehouse where she is. Catherine is a mental health speaker, therapist, and podcaster with a wealth of expertise in burnout prevention and resilience. Catherine has a profound impact in transforming the lives of countless individuals, even beyond her field of social work. She is a double alumni at California State University, Long Beach. She holds a bachelor's in social work, a master's degree in social work. Her passion for helping others um, it's just beyond phenomenal that I've seen um, on her platform and through her phenomenal podcast, Social Worker Rise. It is the top 10 career podcast worldwide. You guys have to check it out. Uh, Catherine's influence extends beyond her clinical practice, and she has such a global influence in community. So if you don't know Catherine, y'all need to follow Catherine on social media. Go stalk her because <laughs> she she is a firestorm. So Catherine, I introduce you to Journey to Life, your podcast, and I am so happy to have you here. I know you kind of had to listen to my story a little bit, but I always go through my story to let people why I hold this space. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much, Shara. And um, and I was just reminded of the podcast that you and I did together. Yes. What, like a year or two ago? It was a uh -huh. while. Quite and a while. Yeah, but that one has over a thousand downloads. So oh my it's a God. very popular <laughs> podcast. So thank you. And that's where uh, you go into detail about your story. Mm -hmm. You gave like a brief overview here, but uh, you know, it's a 40, almost a 40 minute long podcast that you and I did together. And, um, and I'm so grateful. I'm excited to be here with you. And I'm excited to have you. Um, I actually wanted to ask you a couple of questions, uh, Catherine, our podcast interviews usually maybe about 10 or 15 minutes because they're all anxious about getting their study questions in, but I always want to let them know that the work extends beyond just their license. So, and I want them to connect to, you know, people in the field that are really influential or that are changing the landscape of what social work looks like. So with that, Catherine, here is my first question because you're in the hot seat. You have a strong focus on burnout and prevention and resilience, which is so important in social work to talk about. Can you share a personal experience, a moment that drove you to specialize in that area that we need so much? Oh, yes. And thank you for asking this question. The, my, In short, my experience with burnout led me to, to start my podcast. And it is ironic because I came to this pivotal moment where I was either going to quit social work altogether. I was like, forget it. I'm done. I'm not going to be a social worker anymore. Or I'm going to start changing the narrative because I was so sick and tired of the messages that I had just been receiving through the field that we should just expect to be burnt out and that we should expect to be broke. And I'm like, this is some bull stuff. So I, um, I realized you know, all of this, um, after my, my big, my big burnout experience. So I was about three years out of grad school and I was working in hospice and I loved, I loved my clients. I loved the work that I did and I found it very rewarding and I never, ever thought I was going to be burnt out because I loved what I did so much. I just had such a huge heart and passion for it. 
which is where a lot of social workers are, where we start out new and we're so excited to just get in there and work and change lives and help people in any way that we can, even if it's just us being present with them and letting them know that they're not alone. And we have such a huge, huge heart for the work that we do. And so I was uh, going through my work and my life had changed a little bit. It had shifted. So I got married and I had a baby and I was still trying to do everything that I was once doing. But now I added on the responsibility of being a mother. And it got to the point where I started falling behind. And I didn't want to admit this because I'm like, what the heck? You know, I've been do social working for years. I should be able to, to keep up. And as a mother, I was like, I should be able to do this, right? Like, this is just what we do as women. We just do it all. And I see other people, they're doing it all. So what's wrong with me that I keep falling behind? And it got to the point where I started getting in trouble at work because my documentation was late. Or I, um, they started talking to me about... Uh, me being short with colleagues, like, uh, because now I'm getting just real irritable and why are you bothering me with this? And I don't know why you're emailing me with this. And I wouldn't say it in those words, but that's the tone that was coming across. And my supervisor had pulled me in and, and tried to bring up these areas with me in, in a gentle way. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, this woman has lost her mind just because I'm not warm and fluffy. It doesn't mean that I'm not doing my job. It doesn't mean that she has to be all on my back about me, you know, doing things. But now looking back, what I see was she was pointing out a very core change, a whole personality change, like a personality shift. So it wasn't just about one, one note, right? Like I was never late on my notes. I had fabulous notes. Um, I was always friendly with people. I love people. Like that's why I got to social work. I just love people. And so this personality change that was coming across was a red flag of something that was significantly burning, something that was deep down inside that I had my, my blinders on to that I didn't want to acknowledge because I felt if, if I acknowledged it, then who am I, right? Who am I if I can't keep up, if I can't do my job if I can't be a mom, you know, that that just wasn't an option for me at that point. And it just got to the point one night where I was, um, I was at home, I had just finished dinner, and I was washing my dishes. And I'm thinking about like, Oh, man, my house is a wreck. I got to put my, you know, give my baby a bath, I got to, you know, clean up the, the, the house. I need to finish up my documentation because I had already get in trouble. I got to prepare for the big meeting tomorrow. And I had to do all these things. And I was like, and I have to get sleep because I had been lacking on, on sleep. My anxiety had been waking me up in the middle of the night, making it hard to fall asleep. So all of these different areas of my life were like just slowly cracking and I'm doing my best to be the glue to keep it all together. And and um, my husband, he had noticed all these changes and he's like, you know, babe, why don't you just relax tonight and, and we can watch a movie together uh, because I had been neglecting that relationship too. And I snapped 
And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to watch a movie tonight because I got to do this, this, and that. And I started crying. I was like bawling as I'm washing the dishes. And I'm like, like, what happened to me? Like, who cries when somebody invites them to watch a movie? Like, this is not normal. And so it was in that very moment that I realized, okay, this is absolutely not working and things need to change. And so ever since then, I mean, I, I did a lot of work on myself and, you know, kind of redirecting and paying attention to where my energy was going and how I'm feeling and self-awareness. And why does this happen to so many social workers? And so, you know, I just decided to dive into the research at that time. And it's just been, you know, an amazing journey and, um, and one that I'm grateful for. So that is, that is my story. And that's the story of many. There's actually um, a, a client of mine saying, she is like, me too. Anxiety wakes me up at night. She really um, could really relate to what she was saying. I'm going to put Catherine's information in chat. She's now ready to stalk you now. She's like, what's her social media? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did put yes. the episode that, um, that I was on with you where I met you um, and had that interview. I did Perfect. put it there in the link so people can check that out when they get a chance. Um, so here's the other question while thinking about being a mom and juggling, what was the most, you know, you've done this podcast and Catherine, I'm looking at you like, holy crap, you have over 133 episodes. Mm -hmm. Can you share what are one of the most impactful and memorable episodes from your podcast and why does it stand out for you? Oh my gosh. I've done so many. I know there's many. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't think like your top three. How about that? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you that the top three podcasts for for other people, it's kind of all over the board, actually. So um, one is, um, do you really need an LCSW? Mm-hmm. And I talk about, like, it, it depends. Like, what are your career goals? Just because you're a social worker doesn't mean that you have to have your L. You can make money without being clinical, mm-hmm. right? It, in my opinion, it doesn't hurt. There's not really any drawbacks besides the time and the energy and the money, Um, but there's definitely a lot of opportunity with it. And another one is, uh, what can I do with an MSW? Because so many times people think that it's all about child welfare or working in a nonprofit and or community mental health, right? Those are like kind of the three big ones. Uh, There's medical, social work and school. But outside of those handful of things, like what else can you do? People feel so, so trapped and stuck is the word that they use a lot, stuck. And so I use that podcast specifically to explore what are your options on every level? I mean, I have a, a podcast graphic that people just love. It's a, over 100 job titles that you can do with your MSW. And so I just love that our degree and the skills that you're learning with the LCSW, um, they're so versatile. I mean, they're people skills, right? So you can use these skills anywhere that there's people. And by doing the podcast, it's just opened my eyes to the vast opportunity within this field. I mean, I've interviewed people who, of course, do therapy in the traditional roles, but also they work, um, you know, in sports social work, right? So there's an area for people who want to work in sports. There's an area for veterinary social workers. So if you're an animal lover, there is a space for you. And it's just been so amazing to, um, to talk to different people. 
So sorry. So I mentioned those two, the do you need an LCSW and then jobs is an MSW. And then the third one, I mean, I'm always a big stickler for like learning the signs of burnout. So I do talk about like what is burnout and how is that different from um, compassion fatigue and moral distress and, and, and stress in general, right? So it's um, important that we know the differences between all of those. And yeah, we definitely do. As someone that specializes in compassion fatigue myself, um, it's, I actually became interested in specializing it because I experienced it so many times in the cycle of being in the field over 20 years. So thank you, Catherine, so much for that. So I always want to end the interview with this question. For aspiring social workers or therapists tuning in, what advice would you offer them as they embarked on their own journey? The first thing that comes to mind is that self-awareness. So don't mm -hmm. be scared to really acknowledge how are you feeling today? Because this work is hard, especially starting out. I mean, you don't want, people don't want to tell you this, but you get the hardest, shittiest jobs right out of grad school. So if you think that they're super duper hard, it's because they are, right? Like people who get experience, like I could, I could not hang doing CPS or community mental health, even with, I've been doing this 10 years, um, is that you, you really have to be in tune with how you're feeling. Don't be scared to acknowledge, like if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling scared, if you're nervous, if you're excited, if you're happy, if you had like a really great day, like you made a breakthrough with a client, celebrate all of that. Celebrate the wins you know, check in with other people, have your community of people if you're feeling like you need to process what's going on because you cannot do this work alone. Like you have to have your support system and rooms like this on Clubhouse is a fabulous way of getting support, of hearing from other people, of um, just feeling like you're less alone. And that is also what I hope to provide through my podcast as well is just knowing that you are not alone in this. There are thousands of other social workers who have been where you are and have made it through to the other side. So if you are looking for inspiration, for leadership, for guidance, definitely you know tap into the resources like Shara and then also with the podcast. It's called Sh the Social Workers Rise Podcast. You know what I forgot, Catherine? I totally yeah. forgot your social work um supervisor directory oh my god how could i forget yeah <laughs> that initiative you have to talk about that um because that's a big initiative that's never been done not on the scale that you're doing it um because clinical supervision is something that you know people really need and often it's hard to find mm -hmm. so i could you talk about that directory Definitely, yeah. So it's called RISE Directory, and this is a virtual directory of clinical supervisors in the United States, specifically for social workers. So we have a very unique um, profession in that other professions are not going to get it, and a lot of times that's what you'll find. Like you'll find counselors and psychiatrists, but you have to have a social worker sometimes, and that's what this directory is for, and it's really to support one, those of you who need a clinical supervisor in your state, you can go there and browse the directory for free. And two, to support the leadership of social workers. So I found that social workers in general, the support is like, 
lacking. Like there's a huge gap in support for social workers from our big agencies, right? They fall short in that area. However, the gap is even larger when we're talking about social workers who are in management positions, director positions, supervisory positions. So the goal with the RISE directory is to support those supervisors to help them be more inclusive, to help them be more diverse, to support them along the supervisory journey because they're really the ones who are ushering in this next generation of social workers and it's imperative, like we have to support all levels of social work. And we are going through a major revamp. I'm I'm switching platforms. So I'm very excited that when you join the directory, oh, probably September, October is when like, everything will be sorted out, but you'll be able to join the directory and there'll be a full library of training courses, of videos, of, um, we're gonna be offering CEUs coming up for those in leadership positions. We're going to also have the ability for members to publish their own work on there, to publish blogs and to publish their videos and to um, add their events to the calendar. So it's gonna be so much more of a community um, and I'm really excited for what we have in store. So thank you for, for asking, Shara. Oh, and I, I again, I, I'm in awe of what you do, Catherine. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'm like a fangirl as well, uh, and it back as a social worker. Um, it's always exciting for me to see um, my colleagues using their gifts, their personal experiences to launch, because as we both know, um, you know, social worker, being a social worker is a holistic experience. It's just not your professional <laughs> life, mm -hmm. which um, I really appreciate, you know, just how you've been able to change the game for so many um, of our colleagues that need that type of support and what need to fill her, which I think that's why your podcast is so popular. It's because it not only has inspiration and education, but it really speaks to the struggles that sometimes we're afraid to even talk about with our employers, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I really have wanted to give you your flowers while you were here. Thank um, you. Regarding the work that you do that's so impactful. And I thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, I said, I was like, I have to get Catherine on. <laughs> Other podcast, Shayla in uh, the chat says she remembers you from Millennial Social Work Conference in March, Small World. Hey. So <laughs> she remembers you from there. But I don't want to hold you too long. I just wanted to really let people know, you know, as I connect to people, especially on LinkedIn, um, social workers that I think can give so much value to this community as well. Um, I had to let them know who you were. You had to come in here and say something. So well, <laughs> thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. And if you are new to Shara's room, you are in extremely good hands. She is the person that I recommend to anybody whenever, whenever anyone's like, hey, where can I find a um, clinical exam prep coach? Like, where can I get more support around the clinical exam? Like, you are my number one go-to, so you are in excellent hands here. Oh, thank you, Catherine. I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> I will do. Well, I'm not going to hold you up. I know that uh, social workers here are excited and ready to practice. So we're going to get into that next portion. But Catherine, thank you for being a part of the podcast. I 